Radical, episode 214. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for being with me. This is part of the Porch Podcast. As a lot of you guys know, I'm uh, I'm still uh, on on the mend, going to be on the mend, it seems like, um, for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. I've got um, just a... I know some of you guys want updates on, on what's going on um, with all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I've started uh, some, you know, very, um, I guess, as intense as possible uh, rehab to make sure that this uh, is not going to be as, as bad as it could be. Um, and, and you guys kind of know how that works. It's just the more you will work with an injury, the more you'll try to get back at it um, in a smart way. Um the, the better off you're going to be. And so obviously I've been doing quite a bit of that. Uh, the background noise you'll hear is, uh, the, the mornings, uh, out here in the North Georgia mountains. It's a, it's, you know, a place that I come, it's, uh, it's got a lot of serenity. It's got a lot of peace. Uh, there's some things going on in the background that you'll hear birds, uh, some of my chickens, possibly the, the turkeys down the hill that are kind of just now eyeing me up and saying, Oh yeah, there is a guy up there. But, um, you know, just, um, just the update here is I'm, uh, I'm getting around a little bit better, uh, but my back is extremely contorted still, which means something's is, is very wrong, um, in terms of, uh, nerves, possibly, uh, nerve damage and, and things like that. But, uh, still working to get, uh, better started a few things in terms of, uh, electrical stimulation, uh, in, in my lower back and hips and things like that to try to see if we can't get some muscles that are firing to loosen up. And, and sometimes it, it definitely relieves pain and all that kind of stuff, but it's not, um, it's not fixing whatever the, the core issue is back there right now. So, um, you know, little relief in terms of pain and, and all that, but you know, um, you know, mentally and spiritually, I think I'm in a pretty good place. I've been, you know, one of the reasons why I'm not doing more podcasts is that's what I'm working on. And, you know, during this time is, um, mental and spiritual strength is, is key. You know, when, when you're trying to heal, um, nothing better for you than being in the right, in those, in the the right context, in the right place, um, in, in your emotions and in your spirituality. And I think, uh, the spirituality, you know, whatever that is for whatever you are, is you just, just got to be there. You got to be comfortable and you got to be, uh, I, I think, reliant on on whatever the faith is in understanding that today's today and that's all you got, period, end of story, every day, right? Like to, that's it. Um, if, if you're okay with that and you're okay with uh, just – knowing that you got, you got that breath in your lungs right now to get through that next minute, then you're doing all right. Uh, and that, you know, things are going to be okay. Like this, this is, this is the part, um, of just life that I think a lot of people, uh, miss, but that's not what this episode is about. We're not getting into all that kind of stuff. I, uh, I wanted to come in and talk a little bit about the Reno Reset, um, what they're doing in D.C. in terms of gun control, and um, do a little bit with uh, Bitcoin. Because uh, if you guys have seen in the news, if you're paying attention to the financial sectors, 
the pundits that are going on mainstream out there right now are saying recession's coming 2023 first part of 2023 there's a recession coming and when mainstream starts talking about this and when blackrock is trending on twitter um and you've got all this fud running around out there um you know you, you, we we got to talk about it you know we, we got to talk about you know where we can go the solutions that we can provide and um you know get people up to speed get people educated bring them in uh to the the you know the, the bitcoin family uh and in this liberty family and i'll tell you the, the world's right now guys i can't tell you um there's some things happening in the background uh what i've been trying to do is bring uh the the mises caucus and bitcoin together especially uh, the austrians in bitcoin and i think you guys know from my past shows who those guys are and it's funny because uh you know, when, when I get contacted by these Bitcoiners, the guys that are, I mean, big in Bitcoin, uh, to, to kind of make connections with the guys who are big in the Libertarian Party, uh, we've got a really, really interesting next couple of years right now. And it just seems like it's all falling into place. So why don't we start there? Why don't we start with um, kind of my observations of the Reno reset? Um a couple weeks ago, uh, and I know I'm, I'm way behind, obviously, in this episode uh, in terms of reporting it, but I watched on YouTube the uh, the, the first couple days pretty closely because the first couple days is where you uh, have, I think, probably a, a lot of the drama until real business starts to take place, and so um, the adoption of you know the the, the agenda, um, who's going to preside over. Uh, the 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 entire convention, you know, there's a lot of a lot of contention. And this year, when the Mises Caucus and some of you guys that are new to liberty and libertarianism and the Libertarian Party, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, it's uh, we're, we're not really into a ton of labels and all that kind of stuff, but this is a place that I, I hope you know you find your tribe. I hope you find the peaceful people you're looking for, and so. Um, with that being said, with Reno uh, and, and the reset, what we call the Reno reset, this is the Ron Paul uh, revolution. You know, this is the, these are the guys that supported Ron Paul growing up. A lot of us were a lot younger than, you know, um, late 20s, early 30s. Um, some people were kids, you know, like 18, 19 years old. But that group, which I know is the core of my audience, um, you know, they have, they've matured and they are obviously, you know, fathers and mothers and, um, and, and some grandparents, I guess, but you know, these are people with, uh, a lot more disposable income than, um, you know, than they had 10 years ago. Right. Well, I, I hope so. Anyway, if they, they've made smart decisions. Um, but anyway, the the first couple of days super contentious, um, and very interesting to watch. I mean, kind of like it's 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 like watching a train wreck, right? It's slow motion train wreck. You know it's coming. You know there's going to be a lot of you know in house fighting and all that kind of stuff. And boy, I'll tell you what this this convention. Um, you know, if, if you're not into conventions and all that kind of stuff, which I'm like in person, I got to tell you, it's um it's not awesome. Like I. 
I despise going through Robert's rules and all that kind of stuff. So um, I understand if that's not your cup of tea, but to watch things unfold uh, in a parliamentary style uh, with people who really understand the rules and what's going on is is really cool to watch. And then obviously you get the adoption of the agenda and everything else. And I think by Sunday uh, or maybe even late Saturday when uh, they were having the debates for the chair position, uh, it started to come into focus. And by that, I mean all the planning, all the preparation, all the hard work, all the calls, all the coordination that Michael Heiss has put together has you know formed teams and everything else started to fall into place like dominoes like we were just i mean tumbler in a lock like he had crafted the perfect key to go in here and absolutely take it over so um if you guys don't know some of some of the bigger uh names and what's happened here in the last uh couple weeks the mises caucus went in and got a full, clean sweep of the Libertarian National Committee, the LNC. Uh, if you're new, the LNC is like the GOP or the DNC. And at the national level, to to have the Ron Paul Mises Caucus Revolution 2.0 come in after telling people that we were going to take over the party, you know, over the last four years, the Mises caucus is growing. It's on fire. Their message is spreading. You see them on places like Tim pool on Joe Rogan. Um, you see them, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy door. You see, that's the thing is you'll see these guys on, um, left, right center, whatever their, their context in terms of their content is, uh, national news, you know, started with things like Kennedy. Uh, it's, you know, we've seen, you know, guys like Dave Smith, Gutfield, and the Blaze with, um, oh God, Glenn Beck. I mean, you name it, like this isn't slowing down. It's speeding up. And now that we have a clean sweep of the LNC, messaging is going to change. And um, hats off to Angela McArdle. Um, I'll tell you, I, I, I can't tell you guys how much um, – work that I've seen Angela put in. Like she's been convention after convention after convention. Uh, she's been making, you know, guest appearances. She's, she's got a really, really solid plan, uh, in terms of moving the libertarian party into a place of, you know, providence and, and dominance, you know, and that's the thing is, uh, to, to have, this messaging, this this tribe of people with their values that they have, uh, this anti-woke, we're tired of the bullshit, we're going to call it out, and we're going to put on the brass knuckles, and we're going we're gonna to see who's going to stand at the end of this. And I'll tell you right now, when you put on the truth brass knuckles lined with Austrian economics for, for a background... Man, I'm t- you're talking about people with superpowers. You're talking about people that can stand and fight against anyone, anywhere, anytime. And now they've got the entire party 
to go out and, and push that messaging in, in, in the forefront. I, I'm going to tell you right now, like, I think within the first couple days after the, the Mises takeover, the LNC, the, the Mises caucus raised $400,000. And I know it's a lot more than that now. I know there are people putting in lifetime memberships uh, at a rate that we've never seen. All of this is unprecedented. So, uh, Angel McCardle, uh, you, you know your your leadership coming into this, uh, and 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 really being just a, I don't know, spectacular messenger, somebody with the forethought, and somebody who wants to put into work. Uh, I am I am so grateful for people that want and will dedicate their lives to liberty. And uh, I'll tell you, Angela McCardle is one of them. She's going to absolutely kick ass up there, and uh, she deserves all your support. But um, uh, let's see. Let's let's kind of go through some of this. Um, you know, the the, the Libertarian or the, the Mises Caucus didn't um, endorse Joshua Smith. I did. Uh, Josh is a Smith. He's a uh, he's a Navy veteran. And he has been pushing this even longer, I think, than, than Angela. You know, when, when I met Josh for the first time, I think it was 2018, um, you know, that guy has done some amazing things. And I'll tell you, to, to take on the responsibility that he has with kids that aren't his, uh, the fact that he puts, you know, tons of time, effort, energy, uh, money into producing his own podcasts to, to, to make sure that you know, the, the ideas of liberty are spreading and that we're being exposed to new people, new fighters and everything. It's, I mean, Josh is amazing. Um, and absolutely is, I think going to be a force, uh, and you know, just a, a huge, huge, um, force multiplier for, for Angela, you know, to make sure things were getting getting done at the national level that we need uh, and want to happen. I think these two combined um, with Carrie Ann Harless, who is now the secretary again after wrongly being removed by these woke-ass progressive uh, libertarians, you know, for decorum. And they didn't say anything about, uh, you know, like Joe Bishop Henchman at the time going in and, and trying to orchestrate the takeover of the New Hampshire, you know, the, the free state project, right? The, the libertarian movement in New Hampshire. It's crazy. Excuse me while I get a cup of coffee. Um, got uh, Todd uh, Hagepen for, our, uh, for treasurer. I think he's going to do a, a fantastic job. Um, got uh, Stephen Kinsella for the judicial Mike Seaback uh, for the judicial, uh, Ken Krawchuk for the judicial, and let's see, Mark Monty and Rob Stratton. If I butchered any of your names, um, these guys are all now on the judicial committee, and they're endorsed by the Mises Caucus. Uh, Blay uh, Tarnoff, and let's see. Then we get into the regions. Um, you got a you got a couple. Of different regions out there, well, I should say quite a few, but um, I want to I want to definitely say uh, a couple things. We're down here in Region Two here in Georgia. Uh, Dave Benner, um, Martin Cowan, 
you guys, man, I know both these guys personally, and I think they are going to absolutely um, push liberty to the forefront and and make sure that the the second region is well represented. But here's the thing: is we took all the regions, ladies and gents. We took the at larges. We took all the regions. Um, you know, guys like Mike Ruffo, Pat Ford. Um, you know, guys that I know personally. These guys are just absolutely some of the best guys that I have ever met, and um, I, I I don't know I'm I'm super excited about what they're going to do. So anyway, this is this is kind of you know the the chapter has uh, has now been you know the the progressive chapter of the Libertarian Party, the Nick Sarwak, the Joe Bishop henchman, um, you know. Whitney Barland, like all of them um, that were there, I think, as opposition. And I'll tell you right now, I think the Libertarian Party and the LNC um, was absolutely infested with federal agents. Abs- 100%. Um, some people can call me crazy, but I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, what I have seen and how they were outgunned, what their priorities were where their priorities were um, over you know the, the past I don't know let's see seven years when I joined the Libertarian Party in 2015 to see what it was and now where it's going is it's completely uh, it, it, it is a stark contrast and when I when I say you know where they were going it looked like the LNC was doing anything and everything it could to delegitimize its own platform in terms of liberty, to make it look like a, like a, you know, quack show, like just an absolute crazy show. So in the next few years, uh, I think you're going to see the, the re from these former libertarians turned up to 10 all the time. Uh, I've seen it even with my own interactions with people that I thought were all right, you know, and I, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there as well. And I know, geez, Pete, I already probably spent 10 minutes talking about this, but uh, well, more like 20. There is, there's a lot of hurt feelings. Uh, there is a, a lot of people that wish this would have never happened. And there are people that are looking for, uh, others to bend the knee. Uh, they are looking for guys like me to bend the knee, uh, to, to, you know, f- still fall in line with, you know, places like the, the quote unquote Georgia leadership here. Um, and I'm going to tell you straight up, it's never going to happen. Some of you guys have seen, uh, in a very public display, the interactions between me and the chair of the libertarian party of Georgia. And I'm going to tell you, uh, it's no secret that we don't get along. And it's sad because Ryan was a guy that actually came to me and was like, hey, man, why don't you, you know, join the Libertarian Party um, back in, I don't know, 2019, right, when I was still trying to infiltrate the Republican Party. And, you know, it, it, it does. It saddens me. I, I don't know if he'll ever hear this or not. I don't, I don't really care. But I will tell you, you know, Ryan was that guy that I sat down and we had a lunch um, and we had that conversation and I was like, you know what, man, maybe, 
maybe you were right. Went back, did some thinking about it, and um, made the switch before you know the the Mises Caucus was you know really ripping and and doing I don't know God's work. Uh, and there was a good relationship that that actually absolutely got slammed, and I'll tell you why. In I don't know what world um you know he was mad about like i i have no idea but uh apparently you know his thoughts are and i have it you know in writing from ryan this is nothing um you know that it's 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 not that this is hearsay this is literal i can take screenshots and, and produce them but uh in in short you know we had a conversation uh and I was pretty pissed off that he was still, uh, you know, defending the whole Carrie Ann Harlow's, uh, removal. The, the fact that, you know, the, the entire time that the New Hampshire and Delaware, uh, Massachusetts and, and all the, all the other fuckery was going on where the LNC was, uh, supporting people that were, you know, <laughs> removing the duly elected, uh, you know, party members from their positions and taking over or trying to take over state uh, parties. You know, you. I was just like, man, I see you. I see what you're doing. And for me, that wasn't that wasn't okay. I was like, man, if you're not going to take a you know a better stance on this, then I don't know what to tell you, man. We're we're, we're not going to we're not going to agree. We're going to disagree. And this devolved into Ryan saying, you know what, you only, you're only into self-promotion. You never promote the Libertarian Party, um, just the Mises Caucus, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, for a guy like myself, you know, to, to have the, the chair of Georgia uh, make that type of remark, that I only care about my, my own brand in the Mises caucus is just, I don't know. I don't get it. You know, I don't know where that even comes off. I have helped push, uh, you know, like when, when the Joe Jorgensen campaign asked me to come out and speak and open up and, and, and get the crowd going, I did it. Um, you know, when, when they asked me to come to a breakfast down at Bitcoin for Joe, you know what? I dropped everything that morning and I did it. And, you know, to, to be asked to like go around the state and, and, you know, show up, whatever, where, for whoever I happy and had done it multiple times, like all over the place. I don't care, you know, what you put next to your name and, and liberty, as long as you're a fighter and you want to go out and change the world, man, I'm, I'm with you. Um, but you know, to make that remark to me, uh, after, you know, the, the countless, you know, interviews and shows. And I, I mean, the, the, the promotion of people outside of the quote unquote Mises caucus or outside of my brand for that matter. It's like, you know, you're mad. You're you're pissy. You're mad. You don't have any real points. So you're going to say some fake ass shit, like 
you don't you don't care about anybody else except for your own brand of the Mises Caucus. Well, man, all right. If that's the way you feel, cool. I guess we'll just not um, interact because what you're saying is absolutely and, and provably false. And you can you know, and he knows it. That's the problem. Is he he knows it. Um, it's you know to to make an emotional uh, statement like that to me is I think more or less to try to get me to fall in line with, you know, the fact that he's still in charge of the, the, the you know, still the chair of the Georgia LP, which man, I'm, I'm done. Absolutely done. Um, him and, and chase. So Ryan's running for Lieutenant governor. And I'm going to tell you right now, he won't have my support. He does not have my support that. And, and that's the thing is, I'm not going to support anybody for vice for uh, for, for vice president of Georgia. <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, I'm, I'm not. And here's the other thing: is we've got Chase Murray, who is an absolute re monster, um, just woke and ridiculous, and can't stand anything uh, Mises Caucus at all. He's out there, um, you know, laying into this as well. And you know what? man like that's the thing is votes are earned support is earned i've had chase on my show i've had ryan on my show and given them the benefit of the doubt and tried to to befriend and everything else and it's never good enough it's never ever fucking good enough for those guys and when they want to be mad and they want to be pissy and they want to go out and publicly make asses of themselves and you know their association with the libertarian party I'm just not down with it. And so I'm, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't bring me any joy to tell you that they will not have my support. They will not have my endorsement and nobody in those races will. So, uh, Chase and Ryan, I don't know, man. I don't know what happened to you guys. I know you're mad. I know you put it in what you think is a lot of effort, but your messaging and, what you're doing in terms of your reaction to people that have opened the door for everybody, you know, you guys pissy. And I'll tell you right now, you know, the other ones that are trying to lay in, um, right now and just feel fucking sorry for yourselves. I hope you get over it. I hope you get over it. I hope you see what's going on and you come back. But if not, if you can't get over it, if you if you just want to be pissy and mad uh, and tell you know progressive woke ass you know hipsters have taken over the party again, well, uh, I I don't I don't know. Have fun with whatever you're doing in the Green Party or some independent party or the Pirate Party or whatever the fuck you guys are doing. But I really don't give a shit, and I'm not going to waste any extra time on it. So, peace, goodwill. I hope you do good things for Liberty still, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm done. And in terms of disassociation, I'm going to do everything in my power uh, to make sure that this, you know, this woke ass re-agenda never, ever, ever rears its head in the Libertarian Party ever again. We're for peace. We're for liberty. It doesn't have a group. It's everybody. Period. So you're welcome. 
And if you're not down with that, I don't know. Get the fuck out. That's all I got to say about it. 30 minutes in. Wow. Okay. So let's go in and find... Oh, man. I was just going to do a short show today. I could talk about gun control. Um, Man, I'll tell you. Very quickly. You guys see it as plain as day. I see it plain as day. And I'm going to make... I'm going to... My messaging is going to absolutely be bedlam. We are going to burn these motherfuckers down. They are delegitimate. I, I'm going to tell you, you know, the idea that they're going to cause, you know, lockdowns and mandates and masks, um, whether it was in, you know, injections or masks or whatever, you know, passports, I'm going to tell you right now, go out, make sure you are armed to the teeth absolutely armed to the teeth and you need to start showing up in large groups at your sheriff's office and your mayor's offices and start doing decentralization you better start getting these guys on board right now because what we're going to talk about next the economic collapse is coming and it is coming hard with the inflation you can't put you know eight trillion dollars into an economy in a couple of years um, and expect prices to stay the same or go down ever you're, you're not especially after they killed jobs and they just absolutely annihilated uh you know the the world trade systems they this is economic warfare this is the um controlled demolition of the western culture absolutely china's got a lot to do with it but here's the thing is your Republicans and Democrats out there are the people who are selling you out. The bureaucrats that they fund are selling you out. BlackRock, State Street, the Fed, and all these fucking bankers have sold you out. They are going to destroy the industries. They are going to destroy trade. They are going to destroy your jobs. They are going to destroy your money, your savings, everything that you have ever put into um, 401ks, Roth IRAs, you name it. They are going to destroy it. And then what they're going to do is then say, hey, paper money is a thing of the past. And here's the thing is most of the currency in dollars is has been digitized for a long time. Like the amount of actual you know, dollars that you can physically touch is minuscule compared to what they have on the balance sheets, right? Zeros and ones. They are going to zero your shit out and then they are going to introduce CBDCs and they're going to tell you what you can and what you can't spend your CBDCs on. Gun control, the push to take guns, to limit guns, to, to to remove your defensive and offensive capabilities against tyrants is where they're going. That's it. Because when economies fall, like this economy is going to fall, guess who hangs? I'm not promoting violence. I'm just telling you, like, this is history. You are watching the preliminary... Um, spasms 
knee-jerk reactions to what they know is coming. God, we, we, we better we better do something in terms of disarming these people. They're going to be pissed as hell and they're going to come after us. You think January 6th was bad? Wait till they bring fucking guns. Right? I mean, or wait till we try to go into their lands and take their guns. Oh man, what a what a bunch of idiots. We all know how this works out. Absolutely know how it works out, but at the end of the day, this is why. When when poor people are are poor, when the middle class become poor people, man, I'm going to tell you right now. When people can't make banknotes anymore and they're going to try to force people out of their house, the sheriffs and the mayors, the deputies and the police officers that try to do this, the IRS agents, anybody with a badge coming to a house to evict people during an economic collapse is the fucking enemy. And I'm going to tell you right now, they all deserve to be shot in the fucking face. I am done tiptoeing through this matter. This is something that has been coming for a very long time. And this is why they want you disarmed. This is why they want you, um, you know, stuck with all sorts of different, I don't know, vaccines and everything else. This is why your food supply is absolutely bullshit. This is why they're burning down, like, and, and literally, this is not... You know, something that's not provable, but like you look around the United States and you look at the food processing plants that have experienced arson, fires, it's incredible. The extraction of wealth that is happening in America and the West right now is unprecedented. They are coming for everything. Absolutely 100% everything. The mockery in the White House, the Muppet that's in the White House right now, this is one of the last stages of propaganda, is humiliation. Everybody knows that the Muppet in the White House is installed. We know everything is rigged. And yet they continue to push this geriatric old man that should be in hospice out to the crowds to stumble stumble and gaff and make absolutely no sense whatsoever in what is probably America's last hours. He is an actual physical representation of what they are doing to the American economy. So, let's talk about some solution here. Let's talk about some of the skeptics in terms of Bitcoin. Because here's the thing is, the American economy is you. It's your jobs. It's your livelihood. It's your business. It's your neighbor's business. It's their jobs. It is your entire community. And what they do to put food on the table and keep their houses at a cool 72 degrees to put jackets on their back in the winter, to put shoes on their feet, 
to educate their kids, to take care of everything. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, we can emancipate ourselves. And you are going to run into FUD everywhere. And you need to be prepared for it. You need to be able to talk to people. And you need to be able to also spot the people that you're never, ever, ever going to plant seeds with, right? Just non-fertile ground. So here's the thing is, you're not going to convert somebody overnight with Bitcoin. You're not. Bitcoin is an emancipation technology. It's a self-emancipation technology. And so when you learn it, uh, and, and that's the thing is, it can't be forced down your throat. As you begin to pour in to what money is being in custody, your own bank, cold wallet, all of your sats and Bitcoin. As you begin to learn this, Bitcoin reveals itself to you as of what it is. And over time, it comes with conviction. And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gents, that's coming from a guy that made some mistakes early with Bitcoin, made, made some mistakes that cost me a lot. I will tell you, Bitcoin is still absolutely the hardest money asset on the planet. So this, um, this article that we're going to go through is actually, um, from the Bitcoin actuary. It's on, um, bitcoinmagazine.com. The Bitcoin actuary is uh, the the pseudonym of the, the person that wrote this, and it's an opinion piece. It says, to the Bitcoin skeptics, are you sure you figured it out? Bitcoin is in the top 10 of the largest base monies in the world. Demand for it will increase as fiat currencies debase. Are you sure it's heading to zero? Bitcoin actuary is an actuary based in the UK exploring Bitcoin. This is an article for your non-coiner friends seeking to view Bitcoin from a slightly different angle. Bitcoin is still around $30,000 and you have no idea why. All you can still see is a melee of crypto Ponzi schemes that will crash to zero any day now. Bitcoin is just another one of them. If anything, superseded by other cryptocurrencies with more utility and newer tech. I'm going to pause through this. If you haven't been paying attention to what's going on in the crypto world, there are a lot of cryptocurrencies out there that we told you, and I told you, um, the Bitcoin community told you, don't mess with that stuff. Stay away from it. That's why Bitcoin maximalists in that family, hey, we're here for you. Whenever you want to join us, stop fucking around with shit coins. They went to zero. People lost their ass. Absolutely lost their ass. And there's proof of talking about rug pulls. I think it was either XRP or some, I don't know, something that I saw weeks ago. These other shit coins, the proof of stake versus uh, proof of work people, man, a lot of them really, really crushed these people that were in cryptos, um, not Bitcoin, but cryptos, absolutely zeroed them out. Sad to watch. Back to the article. Hence, you might well ask, how on earth is Bitcoin still some 50% higher 
than its previous all-time high prior to the late 2020s. Let's dive into one slightly different angle by which to look at it. Let's start by considering the world's currencies. How might we compare them in terms of size? To measure this, it would make sense to look at the value of the monetary base, the most irreducible form of each. Porcopolis Economics has a table illustrating the stats, and I'd recommend the TFTC, a Bitcoin podcast, episode 310 and other previously with Marty Bent and Matthew Mazinkis for one discussion on this. It might surprise you that on the basis, one of the largest 10 monies in the world in terms of base money value and circulation does not belong to a country, but it is an internet native and has some very different properties from all the others. Let's take a look at how. Spoiler alert, it's Bitcoin. It offers zero risk-free yield, so it isn't worth holding on the basis compared to fiat currencies. All else equal, fiat currencies will strengthen when their base rate of interest goes up, as one can now realize a higher interest rate when holding them. Russia is an example earlier in 2022 of using interest rate rises as a defensive mechanism when the ruble was falling. On the flip side, this is key. The total amount of its supply that will ever be issued is known, unlike any fiat currency. As fiat currencies inevitably debase faster than Bitcoin, demand for Bitcoin is likely to persist. Please note, this is not strictly a claim for Bitcoin to be a direct inflation hedge, i.e. for the consumer price index. This has been a lazy recent criticism. It is rather that the inflation of the Bitcoin supply is already low at approximately 1.8% per year, with the issuance of having every four years and known with certainty. But within this native internet money, there is no coercion within its makeup. No one is compelled by its existence to hold it or to use it. They do so by choice alone. Moreover, it is open to all permissionless barriers to entry are little more than a smartphone and an internet connection. Unlike physically located nation states, it doesn't bow to any political pressure over its issuance or operations. It can't be shut down. It's also very hard to ban people from using it or to confiscate it. It can't be mindlessly re rehypothecated. Why not? Since it's extremely portable, divisible, and easy to take custody of, the underlining asset holding it via third parties that is rehypothetic. Re God almighty, I, I apologize. Rehypothetic. I can't do it. <laughs> Hypothetic is it introduces counterparty risk. Oh boy. Bear with me, ladies and gents. It's early. So rational actors will generally avoid it, or at the very least, demand market-based compensation for taking on that risk. Bitcoin is freely traded 24-7, 365 days per year, and the costs of exchanging it are likely to be driven even lower by competition over time. 
Of course, as exchange rate, this term is a better framing than price in this discussion. It's highly volatile. This is in contrast to currencies where there may be restrictions on trading and governments may intervene in currency markets. As may be logical, the Bitcoin exchange rate flourishes in times of debasement of other currencies but struggles in periods of them tightening. Examples of recent dollar tightening are 2018 and 2022 so far. Fiat currencies certainly have huge sources of demand of them that Bitcoin currently doesn't have, namely to meet future transaction price in those currencies. These could comprise taxes due to payments for goods and services or investments into properties, equities, etc. Commodity-wise, much is made of the relevance to oil being globally priced in dollars. This undoubtedly has contributed to the number of foreign nations holding dollars in their reserves. Why? If the oil price in dollars can remain relatively stable, holding dollars will help closer match the cost of future energy needs than any other country. I deliberately hesitate to term Bitcoin as a currency, by the way. It is another lazy criticism that is that has already failed to have the qualities required to be one. I think the Bitcoin white paper avoided the word for a good reason. Bitcoin has many years and decades ahead for sovereign nations to decide to adopt it as a currency or not, but that will not change its operations. In summary, due to its fixed supply and other unique attributes, it's only logical that many have started exchanging other more rapidly debasing currencies for Bitcoin. Undoubtedly, there are many short-term traders around, but the long-term exchange rate is likely driven more by those taking long-term outlook in their positions to ride out the volatility. Note, this is not investing. Bitcoin is a form of money. It's saving. What about altcoins as competing money? We don't see them in the aforementioned top 10. Take the time to learn why Bitcoin has no meaningful competitors in the above context. Why proof of work is so important to Bitcoin's immutability and fully decentralized nature. And why any additional utility developed in another altcoin appears meaningless if they can't match Bitcoin's monetary properties. They can't. Just like conventional currency exchange, rates or baskets such as the DXY a commonly observed basket of Great Britain pound, euro, Canadian dollar, Swiss franc, Swedish kra, and Japanese yen against the dollar. It's pretty tricky to predict where Bitcoin will hit any particular price level in the future. As we've seen above, Bitcoin has several interesting and unique attributes as money when compared to fiat currencies. These make it likely the demand for it will continue to increase as fiat currencies compete to debase. As Bitcoiners often say, it's just math. When framing in these terms, are you still sure Bitcoin is heading to zero any day now? That is the end of the, uh, the article by Bitcoin Actuary. And wanted to take a second to kind of just talk about this and we're about... 47 minutes in, um, really, really, um, 
have had a lot of discussions with you know people uh, out there on Bitcoin. And I, and I will tell you, as I was in the hospital, I was orange pilling my nurses and anybody that wanted to come in and hang out and talk. And you know, as a younger guy there, that was um, you know you know working throughout my days and everything else. Um, a lot of times, it was it was really cool uh, to to have these conversations and you know, introduce people to the idea to plant seeds and fertile ground. And, um, you know, to, to have, uh, some nurses come back in and say like, Hey, you know, I, I set up a wallet and, you know, I bought my first Bitcoin, you know, what, whatever it was. And to have them understand that, you know, they need to move that Bitcoin into that cold wallet and, and hold it themselves. And, um, you know, really kind of a cool moment for me, you know, to, to have repeat nurses that would come in and talk about what was going on in the world and, and, you know, really not come up from a political angle, but from an economic angle. Um, I got to tell you, it speaks to people. Um, right now people are getting crushed, whether it's, you know, filling up their car, paying for energy, paying for food, everything's obviously going to be more expensive when you, when you introduce, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, which they're going to have to continue to do. Um, they're, you're going to see this absolute rush um, of people who are mad as hell about what's going on in, in, in the world. If you can speak economics during these times, you're going to reach people. You know, you, that's the thing. A lot of people aren't going to want to listen to what you have to say about Bitcoin. Um, learn it understand, you know, the, the FUD arguments that they're going to come at you with, you know, the, we've, we've kind of, we've, you know, we've, we've gone through the energy argument, which, you know, I plan to have on, uh, some really, really great people in the Bitcoin energy sector to come on and speak to this, uh, as soon as I can get back up to my, uh, my studio, uh, can't wait to, to, to have the FUD in terms of people saying, well, where are you, where can you spend it? Um, you know, obviously Jack Mallers and, and these guys have solved this issue with the lightning network. It's absolutely incredible. Um, you know, to understand that you can talk to them about like, Hey man, you know, where do you spend gold and silver? Nobody takes gold and silver coins. Are you kidding me? It's a $10 trillion market cap for gold and you can't go spend a gold coin anywhere. You go give somebody a bit of gold <laughs> at McDonald's. Sure. Um, and the thing is, is, you know, if, if, if you got the right setup, you can use uh, Bitcoin for McDonald's, right? Like all these FUD statements, oh, it's volatile, you know? Well, yeah, if you're, uh, you know, the, the adage, you know, if you're the ship on the sea, which is the U.S. dollar or any other, you know, free-floating currency out there, and you're looking at the rock that is 21 million bitcoins, the lighthouse on land in a volatile sea. Yeah. I guess your perspective is the man, that lighthouse is moving all over the place from this boat that's turning and rocking and about to capsize on the rocks out there, right? There's, they're, they're going to get smashed. So they continue to, to increase the, the amount of, um, I don't know the amount of currency, like they're just going to get smashed up against the rocks. Bitcoin's going to sit there, like that lighthouse, 21 million strong, n- never going any further. Uh, and it's going to look volatile and, you know, sink or swim at that point. You can either get the Bitcoin um, or you're going to drown. 
and and I hope you, I hope people learn how to get there. I hope they want to learn. But um, this is this is that period where I hope you guys are becoming evangelists uh, in understanding economics, economic theory, Austrian versus Ken, Keynesian uh, economies. This ability is something that breaks down all walls. If you can speak money to people, if you can show them the path to, you know, financial freedom, man, you're speaking everybody's language at that point. If you speak freedom and you speak economics, man, the, the market right now for people that can lead in these positions to free people, to show some sort of stability, you have got just more work in front of you than you possibly know. And it's exciting as hell to me. But I think that's probably where we're going to wrap up this show. Um, about 52 minutes in. I really appreciate everybody out there. Uh, thank you guys all for the, the kind, um, kind words, the messages, the, you know, the, 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 the porch podcast tweets. Uh, man, you guys are, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times over. Uh, I got to tell you, some of the, the smartest, best people on this earth in this audience and you know this the the bitcoin family and the mises caucus um we are we're here for you we're not going to bend knees we're not going to kiss ass we're going to give you some very raw um i'm going to try to be as um empathetic and sympathetic as possible but i'm telling you that we are going to start this fight now. It's coming. And you better be ready. And I am talking full out fight. It's coming one way or another, ladies and gents. The best thing that you can do is be hard targets. Be as hard and as loud and peaceful, but scary as possible right? Like Jordan Peterson talks about, you need to be monsters that have it under control. You need to be absolutely the most dangerous people in the world asking for peace. You need to be seen that way. You need to be on record that way. We want peace. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you fuck with us, because the banks have manipulated everything. You can roll the dice and find out. We're here to make statements. We are absolutely here for liberty, for freedom. And if that's what you're here for, we're with you. If you're part of this woke-ass loser brigade that wants to do things for, you know, separate types of groups instead of the individual you can get fucked and get lost i'm really not into that kind of shit we're not into that kind of shit we're in here for everybody being equal and freedom period that's it hope you guys have an awesome weekend go out there kick some ass have some fun do whatever it is that brings you joy you know heal your emotional side your spiritual side physical side get healthy get well the fights are coming. 
And I think a lot of them can be won peacefully. Until next time, I love you. I need you. Peace.